At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick from the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about a great new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network and this particular podcast, and that is Palacio, Palacio, and Zimmerman, the accounting firm. You know, all those Uncle Sam's and Lady Liberties twirling their signs out there can mean only one thing. It's already tax season, but instead of losing your hard-earned cash to companies that hide behind a costume or DIY software that specializes in headaches, Give Palacio, Palacio, and Zimmerman a call. PPZ has been providing premium accounting and tax services to clients for over 25 years. They'll make the filing process simple through close one-on-one support and maximize your return using their exceptional expertise. So if you're ready to file, call 305-595-0303. That's 305-595-0303 or visit PPZ. LLC.com. That's PPZLLC.com. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, aka Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, we're back here on the Five on the Floor podcast. Ethan Skolnick, full crew tonight, Alphonse Sydney and Alex Salido. You can follow them at Alf954 and at Tropical Blanket. We're still looking for that imaging from our friend Brass Jazz for their two segments. The, the uh, what is it going to be? Alf Test Theater or Eye Test Theater? Are we decide on Alf's Eye Test. Alf's Eye Alf's Test I- is un- it's undefeated. Alf's Eye Test undefeated, uh, 82 and 0. Check the numbers on that. Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think actually undefeated. And then, of course, we're gonna do the wet blanket segment. Um, although, actually, I feel like Alex has been more positive than us recently. So I, I think that's kind of fair, unfair. But you know, once you get labeled with something, you never lose the label. So, so that's what we're gonna go with. All right, yeah, it's got, gonna be the second time now. Learn that the hard way with professional screw up. Oh, that's correct. Right, that's right. No, we don't call you our professional screw up here. That's that's that other podcast. We I don't know that one. All right, so let's get to um, two topics today that I really want to hit on. We're a couple days out from the Spurs game now. By the time that you hear this, but the big story was Kendrick Nunn, and I, there was a tweet that came into me, and I feel like again talking about being you know mischaracterized. Uh, there was a tweet that came into me that said, you guys didn't pod because, or something to this effect, because Kendrick Nunn had a big game. I, there's, this, <laughs> there's, there, there's this perception, and I don't really know where this came from, that this podcast is a bunch of, um, I don't know, Kendrick Nunn detractors. That may be another podcast. It's not this one. I, I don't, I'm not really sure 
you know, how we got that reputation. I think we, what we've discussed about Kendrick Nunn and he had 33 against the Spurs and I'm going to go through his numbers month by month, which are increasing again. It looks like he hit a little bit of a wall and went over it. I, we've talked about what a great story is. I think we have all talked about what might be some limitations in his game, particularly sort of the tunnel vision and, and things along those lines that the teams were, you know, sort of pushing him in a direction that was not, not the same as the ball movement that we get from other Heat players. Um, but I don't think we've been negative about Kendrick. And I think we've talked about it being a great story. And I think all of us have talked about the progress he's made. Um, so I'll, I'll start with you here, Alf. I mean, what is he? You know, I mean, because- I was negative. I've been, yeah. I've, I've been the most negative. I'll be I like, I, because I don't, Kendrick Nunn's game is just not the normal game that I enjoy, especially at the beginning of the season. But like you said, we've been a, a very congratulatory of him lately because he's been making those pocket passes. He's been, he's been making the right decisions. I've been very congratulatory of him lately. But, yeah, overall, I, I have been a little bit negative about Kendrick because sometimes, especially at the beginning of the year, I felt like what he was doing was taking away from the offense. It wasn't inside of the offense. But lately, he's been completely inside of the offense. He's done – his lookaways, like just subtle lookaways, have have made have have made so many openings for him in that little mid range jump shot. I mean, it's it's just amazing to see, and it's because he started making those passes. So yeah, I don't whoever made that comment, they whatever they can go, you know what themselves. But I I really feel like we've I I've turned the corner on Kendrick. So I feel like this podcast, if if it, if it was coming from me, I feel like we've been nothing but congratulatory lately. And I think, and I'm going to go to Alex on this. I, I, I think the difference is, I mean, you know, all of us, particularly, I think me and Alf, uh, you know, we're negative on Hassan. And and so I think there's a perception that we look for particular players to pick on or whether it's Dion, it's not personal, it's game style. It's, it's, it's just, there's a certain like of a kind of game. I think that Alf and I both, and I think Alex uh, appreciate. Um, But the difference is it was pretty clear that Hassan was not going to make any changes to conform to what the Heat wanted to do, whereas we've seen none make these adjustments very, very quickly. One number before I get to Alex, uh, you know, you just talk about pure points per game, which I know is not the best stat, and obviously you're, you're playing at a higher pace than you did a few years ago. But Dwayne Wade is a rookie with 16.2, and Kendrick is 15.9. And I, I don't want to hear about you know, Kendrick's 24 and Dwayne was whatever he was, 20. Um, the reality is he's facing NBA defenses for the first time, and he's proven to be a consistent scorer with decent efficiency. Alex, in January, seven games in January, he's shooting 51.2%. So he's not shooting great from three. Where have the improvements come for you? And and is he, in your view, is he a starting two guard in the NBA, which we didn't think he was at the start of the season? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I think he's made that perfectly clear. Obviously, he came into a situation that made a lot of sense for him, and Spo has found out how to utilize him best. I think he's been told since he started being the starting point guard for the Heat is shoot, shoot, shoot. He's essentially being used as a shooting guard. Like you said, I think he's a shooting guard and a point guard's body. And that's exactly how Spo has used him, where Jimmy is pretty much running the offense a lot of the time. You know, without even without the dribble, dribble, dribble stuff, he's the one doing a lot of the initiating along with Bam, and none is feeding off of them. And I think what's changed since the beginning of the season is at the beginning, he just heard the shoot, shoot, shoot stuff. And it was kind of like feeling the pressure to go out there and score whenever he was in the game. Whereas now he's kind of just taking the game little by little 
and just reading the defense more than anything, more than trying to force a bucket, even though he can kind of force buckets a lot of times. But like Alf said, he's not doing it in the offense, and he's completely proved himself. Like, he's absolutely playing at a starter level. You know, he's a starting-level scorer. He's kind of been like a low-key uh, three-way scorer, three-level scorer, and that's something that they could have absolutely used. And he is no doubt number two for rookie of the year. You can't even, – mm-hmm. even though we're all a little bit higher on Tyler Hero, what's yeah. actually happened this season? He's been a better player than Tyler this season. Yeah, yeah. this season. But we know this we, – we all think the ceiling for Tyler is higher, but Kendrick Nunn has been a better player. And Alex hit on a great point. At, being, at the beginning of the season, Kendrick Nunn was pressing. He was pressing a lot and he was forcing a lot. We've even seen that from Jimmy at times because there's times that this offense stalls and the individual guys, Dragic, Jimmy, and Kendrick are the most guilty of this, feel like they have to do things on their own. And sometimes they actually do. But there were times at the beginning of the year when Kendrick was pressing and he was forcing things when they didn't have to be forced. The offense was doing fine and he was just going out of his way to press. The most impressive thing that... uh, has done, like Ethan said, is in the short amount of time in the season, he has, talking about completely changed his game, but he's made those subtle changes that a lot of rookies can't and don't make until their second or third year, and maybe it's because he's older and more mature. Kendrick Nunn is used to being the best player on his team by far, right? Through high school, college, and G League. And a lot of young players have a tough time adjusting to the fact that there's five, there's four other guys on the floor that can play just as well as they can. He has made that adjustment pretty quickly in the, in the space of a few months, and he has to be congratulated for that. No, he does. And uh, I, you mentioned it. He's number two for rookie of the year. Um, John Morant's going to win it. And, you know, I predicted that before the season as soon as Zion got hurt they might make yeah. the playoffs by the way which well, is insane it, it is well I think they're going to make the playoffs actually I, I think between because I, I you know the other thing is they have the Iguodala commodity which it's funny that, that that's hysterical I mean that's a topic for another day but I mean he, he basically decided he to stay home he basically decided to stay home because he wanted to play for a contender and or a playoff team and you know now they are a playoff team and if they he never left the base they're right, exactly. Never left the Bay, and if he wants to go play for Golden State, they're thirty going to be thirty games under five hundred. Um, but Morant's going to win Rookie of the Year, no question. He's going to deserve it, and I think we all agree that Harrow's upside is higher. I mean, that is a simple product of age. <laughs> I mean, he's nineteen, uh, but also, yeah. but also, there are more dimensions to Tyler's game. Uh, that you can see he's going to be more than a scorer he's going to be a I think a premium ball handler I think his finishing is going to improve he just has an instinct that is abnormal I mean you know it's I think it was Matt Moore um, you know who is a good follow on Twitter at HP basketball was saying he's done a lot of work on the heat the last you know week and you know basically what he came away with was Bam's going to be elite and if he's not already and so is Tyler Harrow down the road. Uh, and so I, I think we all agree on that. I don't think Kendrick Nunn is ever going to be an elite two guard, but I do think he's proven himself to be a starting two guard. I want to go over some of the numbers again with you guys on again, because I, I feel like and I've said this on previous podcasts. I don't know why we've gotten this reputation, you know, that I feel like we, we had taken Kendrick for granted a little bit and his story for granted. I mean, what he's doing should not be happening. Right. I mean, he's, I, I don't, what, what you know whatever the, what whatever the circumstances were of him not getting drafted i mean he should not be in a position where he's scoring 16 points a game as a rookie 
on a contending team and doing it at decent efficiency. But I'm looking at some of the splits, and I have found these interesting with him all year. Um, He is a much better player in wins. I know some of this is chicken or the egg type stuff, but if you look at his numbers in wins, he's averaging 17 points as opposed to 12 in losses. He's shooting 47% from the field as opposed to 41%. Um, he even shoots better from the line and wins every, all of his numbers are better. It, it, he's been a little bit of a barometer for them this season. When he doesn't play well, they tend to lose. Um, and when he does, they tend to win. Whereas Jimmy has been kind of the reverse with his scoring and his shooting percentages. Like they win more games when Jimmy doesn't score, uh, which has been strange. They win more when none does score. So I don't, I don't know what that means, but the other thing I um, noticed, on here and just one more thing else before the other thing I noticed on here is that he has suffered more than any other player. I I crunched the numbers on this today on the back-to-backs. He's been bad on the back-to-backs with zero days rest this year. He's shooting 38% from the floor. Uh, His turnovers go up and he averages 11 points a game. Whereas three plus days rest or two days rest, he's averaging close to 18 points a game on 48 to 49% shooting. So I, I think some of this is, and this is a topic I don't think we've talked about enough, Tyler Hero has already played more games than he played at Kentucky. Um, Kendrick Nunn has never, I mean, the G League schedule is short compared to the NBA schedule. Um, so I, I think this is something to watch as the season goes on. Like, do these guys wear down? And I think with Nunn, some of it just might be he hit the wall a little bit from a fatigue standpoint, and he's kind of crossed it. Anyway, Alex, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt earlier, but – uh, yeah, you, you, you nailed it. That was something, that was one of the things I was going to say was, you know, the fact that he hadn't played this amount of games in such a short time, like these seasons are very long and he's a rookie. And I think the same thing is kind of happened with Duncan Robinson to a lesser extent because he didn't do the, the ball handling type of scoring type of role that Kendrick Nunn is in. But yeah, like these guys are definitely going to go through that. I think that's why, you know, there's been some holes poked in the Heat's chances at a long run is because they're depending on three essentially rookies. I know Duncan Robinson is a second-year player, but it's his first year getting big-time minutes, and they're going to need the shooting in the playoffs, and that's a huge – that's probably the majority of the shooting comes from those three guys, right? And I think, like, uh, what you were saying before about the Kendrick Nunn and Ws and Kendrick Nunn and losses, I think a lot of that has to do with the home-and-away stuff, and that essentially what it dwindles down to. I bet if you – you know, if I had to guess, like, a lot of it would bear out the same way with Duncan and Tyler Hero. Well, let me look at that before I get to Alf. Let me look at the uh, the wins and losses because I and the home and road because I think you're probably right. So, so if you look at his home road splits, um, he is. It's not as it's it's not as dramatic as as the others. Um, he, he's averaging at home 19 games at home, uh, 17 plus. He's been durable. He's played in all 40 games. Uh, 17 points a game at home, 15 on the road. 46.5% uh, field goal percentage at home, 45% on the road. So actually, his splits are not that different. Heroes are more dramatic than that. He shoots the ball better from the line at home. Young players, that tends to be the case. But his rebounds, his assists are a little better at home. That's the other thing, guys. The, the assist number in general is started to creep up a little bit. He's at 3.6. I mean, you know, on a team that spreads the assists out a lot, that's not terrible, actually. And, you know, he, he's, he's, he's at 1.8 turnovers. So it's a two-to-one you know, assist-to-turnover ratio, which, again, for a rookie player is, is not bad, Alf. Uh, what I'll tell you is that of all those guys, 
and this has completely changed for me from the beginning of the season to now. The one I trust on the road the most now is Kendrick Nunn. Um, because mm-hmm. he has shown mm-hmm. in the last month, yeah, <laughs> I know this sounds crazy coming from me. Twist. In, the la- in the last four to six weeks, man, he has been the guy that on the road still shows up. And like you said, he hit a wall. Um, he, he was, he was doing, he was, he had a, a rough little stretch, but he bounced back. And to me, it just shows his maturity. And it, it, like I said, whether, whether it's an age thing or not, uh, one of the things that scares a lot of people about this Heat team, like Alex said, is about uh, the amount of inexperience, right? There's a lot of inexperience on this team. Kendrick Nunn, out of all of these guys, is one of the guys that I can I feel like the Heat can count on the most on the road or in a playoff series when things get a little hectic. I don't think Kendrick Nunn is ever going to be scared of the moment. Not to say that Tyler or Duncan is scared of the moment, but you got to understand, like, the, the, the pressure situations these guys have been in is not on par with, with, with NBA-level pressure. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kendrick Nunn has come around. I feel like his learning curve is a lot shorter, and it should be, right? Because Kendrick Nunn is older than those guys. Right. And even Duncan Robinson, I don't, I don't know how much older he is than Duncan Robinson. I'm not even sure. Maybe a year, maybe, a year, maybe two. Um, but Duncan Robinson has never gotten these kind of, kinds of minutes. No. Duncan Robinson has never been required, uh, uh, looked on to close out games the way he is now. And you see what happens in Duncan Robinson at the end of games. He really stupid fouls every game. And, and when they could use him at the three-point line, he's picking up dumb fouls on the other end. Now, now Kendrick, he is, he's, he's grown into this role very quickly. And like, like I said before, I was – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the mea culpa on him. I was wrong. I was wrong on him a lot. And he's, he's grown. And it's just, I mean. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think you mentioned Duncan. You're right. In the sense that, you know, where he, you know, at Michigan, he was not, uh, you know, counted on. I mean, I, I don't think we ever got to the point uh, with Duncan in college where people necessarily thought he was even going to be. a. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash Miami Heat. Pro, whereas if Kendrick hadn't had the one off the court issue, you know, which forced the transfer from Illinois to Oakland, I, I think everybody thought he was a first-round pick. Like, I, you, you look at, uh, it reminds me of Preston Williams with the Dolphins a little bit. I mean, you look at his... 
Uh, I mean, he was second, you know, in three points made to Trey Young, right? Uh, you know, pl- playing at a school that, you know, is a smaller school, but has had some success and has played in the tournament. So, you know, they're not, I mean, it's just not some school nobody's heard of. I mean, Oakland has produced some pretty good teams and some pretty good players. So I, I just think with Kendrick, you're right. I, there's a certain toughness to him. Um, there's a quiet toughness to him. I, I think that's why Jimmy was attracted to, to him as, as a teammate as well as he was the other guys. I did talk to Kendrick for a little bit uh, about, for my story about Jimmy that I'm working on. And he said that he and Jimmy have developed enough chemistry for the, you know, at this point where Jimmy has basically told him, look, I'm going to screen and you're going to space. It's really fascinating that your, your star player is basically saying, I'm going to screen for this 24 year old rookie, but that's, but that's Jimmy Butler. Right. And it's so I, and I, it's great. And so, you know, I'm going to touch on a lot of that uh, kind of in, in my, uh, in my piece and, that and, uh, and Kendrick closed the game against the Spurs. He did, and Jimmy had with 11 Jimmy points. With Jimmy screening. With Jimmy screening, and, and, you know, and, and Ke- Kendrick scoring 33 and Jimmy scoring 11. There was no way that Kendrick could not finish that game. <laughs> no, no, and, and just like the 40-point game in the preseason. The I remember comp- a stern half unimpressed with that performance. Well, I know. Uh, the, you know, the, the comp that I've made with Kendrick Nunn, not from personality, uh, but just in sort of background and it being a Riley team, is John Starks. And, and I don't know that they're the same player, although John Starks was kind of came up was a point guard who really was a two, you know, kind of undersized to play the two. A lot of Kendrick's movements on the court remind me of Starks. And I've, I've acknowledged John Starks was my favorite player, uh, you know, during that period of time. I loved watching Starks because he always he feared no one. Jordan, anybody, he, fe- he didn't have the talent, but he feared no one. And that dunk that, that you know, that he po- the poster, you know, everybody remembers that. But there are similarities to me. Like, none has this ability to elevate into dunks on the break. Like, he's got this extra gear. It's not Derek Jones Jr. gear. It's not Bam Adebayo, but it's his extra gear where he doesn't look that athletic in some of his movements. And then all of a sudden, he elevates and dunks. Like, I, there's more there to his game than I think we've kind of given him credit for. And, and I think that's why I wanted to focus on him today, particularly after the 33-point performance. All right, we're going to get to more here in a second. I want to touch on some trade scenarios um, that are running around Twitter we're going to do this uh, rapid fire with these guys. But before we do, make sure you go to BetDSI.com, particularly this week. we got the two conference championship games coming up, obviously, Tannehill against Mahomes, a matchup we all predicted before the season. Uh, and then uh, you've got Green Bay and San Francisco, Rodgers, uh, Garoppolo, and, and all that going on. BetDSI.com is where you want to go. Use the promo code 5101. That's F-I-V-E 101. Again, that's BetDSI.com. And look, you can bet the NBA as well. You can bet uh, NHL. The Panthers won again tonight. That's three straight wins for the Panthers. The Heat were, I believe, five-point favorites against the Spurs the other night. Uh, told you to go jump on it. They won by six. So go to betdsi.com. Again, that's 5-101, F-I-V-E-101. You get a bonus if you use that. So don't go to betdsi.com and not use the promo code. All right, let's get to some uh, trade stuff here. Um, and there's, a, there's one more topic with none that we may get to before we close. But there's a bunch of stuff on Twitter today. So let's, let's, uh, let's go through it. I almost feel like this needs to be a regular segment with us. Um, a couple of names have kind of bounced out there. We saw a Jeff Teague trade today uh, back to Atlanta. Uh, kind of a weird one in my view. I'm not really sure what the Hawks are trying to do. And I'm I mean, as a no, flat circle. 
It is. I don't know what Minnesota's up about either. I, I don't. I don't really know what their plan is. But, but this. You sure. This, well, right. But this comes up though, Alex. Well, well. Here, here's the thing. There was a report also that they're looking for another ball handler. Um, you know, I remember when all the talks were going on. Now they have p- different people in charge. Tibbs is not there, but there really wasn't much interest in Justice Winslow there at the time. Again, Justice is not making the trip uh, to Oklahoma City. Which for which we have our watch party at GQ's Craft House to get there. It's in Lauder Hill, by the way, GQ's Craft House. Uh, we're going to be there starting at seven o'clock on Friday night, and we're one and zero there this year. Um, they beat the Bucks. The Heat beat the Bucks on the road without Jimmy Butler playing. But no justice again. Uh, I don't know if Minnesota would have interest. I don't know what you'd want from Minnesota except for one player, Robert Covington. So I I threw this out at Alex on a text string. I'll get your answers on this. You'd have to do some other stuff to make this work. But just player for player, if I was to say to you, you could replace Justice Winslow, who isn't seem, seeming to be playing much this season, with Robert Covington, how would that help or hurt the Heat, Alex? Man, honestly, if you want me to answer this question objectively and just remove my morals and my justice biases, um, <laughs> which I regrettably I don't want to do, but yeah, Covington would be a better basketball fit on the floor right now. Like, that's just because of, you know, the way that they're winning right now is with that system that they're running, which is all the things that we've been talking about this season where, you know, Jimmy and Bam are the ball handlers. You know, they have their pet sets that they go to that they run all the time, and Covington would fit right in. And they need that type of two-way player who can reliably hit threes. He's not a knockdown shooter like Duncan Robinson, but who can reliably hit threes, who can cover – Big fours who can cover threes, switch on to other guys for a couple seconds. I think he would be a perfect fit basketball-wise. But I say that with the caveat of, you know, he's the more reliable one. He's the more stable one. You know what you're getting if you trade for Robert Covington. Whereas with Winslow, it's more about his upside. And, you know, he's made leaps since his rookie season, right? We saw him be a decent spot-up shooter for two straight years at 38% from three. So you sell yourself on that and on the fact with the, the ball handling stuff, there's a little bit more upside there. We've been saying that Jimmy needs somebody else who can handle the ball, somebody else who can penetrate, somebody else who can get the ball to other guys. And Justice gives you that upside while also being able to hit some open threes. So, yeah, I mean, Covington's a better basketball fit right now, but I don't know. Like, you probably have to give up more to trade for him because of that stability that you know you're getting from Covington and the fact that he's an elite defender. Alf? It's it's a hard question to answer because, okay, let's say both guys healthy, both guys fully at their peak, right? I'd rather Justice Winslow because he can do more on the basketball court. He can handle, like like Alex was saying, he can handle the ball. He can be your starting point guard. He takes a lot of pressure off Jimmy. I don't see Robert Covington taking pressure off Jimmy as far as on the offensive end. Where on the defensive end, yes, he can cover the other team's best perimeter player, and it, it, it takes Jimmy out of that. Um, a lot of times, Derrick Jones Jr. has been filling that role. If you look at the Spurs game, Derrick Jones Jr. did a much better job on DeMar DeRozan than Jimmy did. Um, so that's the that's kind of role that Robert, Robert Covington can fill. But if Justice is fully healthy, he can fill that and on the other end shoot 38% from three, handle the ball, distribute, do things while Jimmy's off the court. Like Robert Covington can't cover Jimmy while Jimmy's off the court. Like he's, he can't fill that role that Jimmy fills. The problem is the best, uh, best ability is availability. And we hear that all the time. And yep. Justice Winslow is just not available. So the pro- and so the second part of the problem is 
is Justice Winslow even tradable at this point? Like, is he because I I, I was listening um I, I listened to a radio show today and they were and it was Sedano. Sedano said the the Heat's most valuable trade asset that they'd be willing to give up is Justice Winslow. And right now, because he's not healthy, he is not valuable. So I don't even know. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know if this is viable. I don't know if it's something to talk about because without Justice being healthy, he's not he's not uh, valuable enough to trade. So I mean, it's 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 a the Heat are stuck in another quandary with a dead roster spot, and it's it's frustrating at this point. Well, they have four dead roster spots right now. Well, J.J. is not so much. They, they, JJ, it's, it's funny. J.J. has replaced Olenek, so, although Olenek didn't get the minutes in the last game. And he's replaced Justice, but obviously the Dion roster spot's a dead roster spot. And Udonis, from a playing perspective, is now Silva fills out that contract. And congratulations to Chris Silva, too. That's a great story, you know, for him to – to get, we, we knew it was coming. I said it was going to be, you know, mid-January. It was mid-January. They got it done. There was nothing to worry about. Um, and I think he'll get more into the rotation now because I, I don't, because I, I think his inability to practice on this team, this team doesn't have that many practices to begin with. Spolster has pretty much canceled all shoot-arounds this year at home. Uh, it's been a little bit different the way they've run things. He's been getting away from shoot-arounds the past couple of years, but not to this degree. And it's more film work and that kind of stuff and not making them available to the media. And I get it. But what's been interesting has been, uh, you know, when you take a look at, you know, Silva not being able to practice at all, I think that's hurt him getting on. All right, we got, we got one more topic to get to, but I want to do it. I have to tell you about Seltzer Maber. Go to onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com. Make sure you spell it out. O-N-E, calllegal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day to handle all of your needs. They do immigration, personal injury, traffic tickets, and much, much more. They're based in North Miami, right off 95, right before the Golden Glades. But they handle cases from all over the states. So that's a Seltzer Maybrick Law Firm. You're looking to get your traffic ticket handled, they'll handle it for $49 and up. And trust me, it saves you a lot of money from actually going through that process. Okay, they will get it thrown out for you, most likely. They did for me. All right, let's get to one more thing here. Um, Bradley Beal, okay? Um, <laughs> when I had Candace Buckner on the podcast a few months ago, we were talking and, you know, she's saying Bradley probably going to sign the extension. She was right about that. Uh, but, you know, I said, okay, but at some point during the season, the losing is going to get tiring. So start with you, Alex. Uh, Bradley Beal came out and basically said the losing has gotten tiring. <laughs> They're 13 and 27. Wow. What a uh, surprise. Which is, which is what we expected. We thought they'd be 25 to 28 win team. They're right. They're right in that ballpark right now. Uh, I don't know what their plan is. Free agencies, free agents don't typically like to go to Washington for whatever reason. Uh, so let's look at the offseason again. He can't be traded until the offseason. How many assets would you give up for Bradley Beal? Let's try to do this in a minute or less, guys. Alex. Well, if you want the short answer, it's anything that isn't Tyler Hero or Bam Adebayo. Or, and at the same time, like it would push me. I, I would have to get pushed to the end to give up Tyler Hero. And I probably would, because I think Bradley Beal is that good. He's still very young. He's, what, 25 or 26 years old. And he is right now at his peak. We've seen him be good in the playoffs as a young player. I'm not worried about the defensive stuff. I think when you put him next to Jimmy and Bam and the other guys that you can put him next to, he's going to be just fine. Like, they're out there playing Duncan and Myers Leonard. So I'm not worried about Bradley Beal's defensive fit. But that guy's putting up 37 and 5, like, nightly for the Wizards. He's really damn good. I think that might be like Hero's upside 
and that's being generous. Bradley Beal is really damn good. I would give up pretty much. I would try to go with Justice Nunn and a pick, something like that. And then, you know, if they really push me, I'd give up Hero. But even then, that's if they don't trade some of these things right now, Before, the trade deadline. Right. Alf, would you give up Tyler Hero to front line a package for uh, for Bradley Beal? No. Um, I, my untouchables would be Hero, Bam, and Butler, and everybody else is up for sale when it comes to a guy like Beal, because Beal, the, 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 the hard part about saying no to, about Hero is because uh, Bradley Beal is pretty much uh, Tyler Hero fully realized. Mm-hmm. But the more of those guys on your team that you can have, the better. Yeah. And the thing with Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal used to be a good defender until the entire offense is, uh, the entire weight of the offense is put on his shoulders. Yeah, um, it was. Bradley Beal is a good defender. Um, at the point of attack, he could be a good defender for you if he has all the guys that he can rely on the other end. So I'm not even worried about his defense. So to me, it's Butler, Hero, uh, Bam. Besides that, anybody else would be available for a, a, for a Bradley Beal. And remember, they don't have a ton of draft. I mean, well, they have more other draft picks than they've had before. Um, but uh, obviously, there are some restrictions. You can't trade. But there's their salary. So you're talking. It's, you got to. Yeah. You're gonna have to give up Dragic, like Dragic, Dragic well, or Leonard. Well, you well you are just to make it well again after the season and, and it, like I said, Dragic and Leonard, um, you've got the cap holds on them, but it, it's they can make it work. But again, it, it it would start with Tyler Hero and then other pieces, um, and like you said, he is Tyler fully realized, um, and but he's been in the league forever, um, <laughs> you know, and he's eight years older at this point, you know, and, and he's still a young player but he's eight years older and it's like, okay, do you want to give up the ascent of hero for the win? Now we'll see. I, I don't, you know, the other thing to consider, we haven't talked about this much. This requires another podcast. I mean, the Kyrie Irving comments this week, but Kevin Durant's coming back next year and that's going to change the East. And, and I, I, we haven't really talked about that much, but like, I wonder if that's in Riley's mind also that like, maybe Ethan, we need to do the kill that, now. Ethan, that team is too emo to win anything. Well, the, Emo or, and Kyrie emo or not, Irving, emo, that's, emo, that's, you know, I'm not a Kyrie, you know, no, I, I, when you know, I'm not a Kyrie guy, but, I know, but that's but, a lot but, of sensitivity e- on one team. I but don't know e- if I can. emo or emo at, when he's at his best, Kevin Durant's <laughs> the best offensive player in the league. So that I, team is, that team is wearing eyeliner and <laughs> that's all right. Well, let's get to the, let's get to the end of this. I, I don't know how all we right. decide. I don't know how can we went. Can I drop a couple so. of things right here? Well, you can, but zoom's going to drop you. So go ahead. All right. So like, the Brooklyn thing, man. You guys need to be careful because <laughs> if we – if Miami had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant with the supporting cast that they do, we're like Dinwiddie's a borderline all-star. They have Levert, you know, Joe Harris, Jared Allen. We will be flexing so hard right now. And they're going to be a problem next year. They Even are. They might and take they, a while with KD. But the got, other thing I was going to say was we are going to do – you said you wanted to do trade stuff. The Did, did you want to mention the, uh, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge? Uh, a couple minutes we, on that. You, you just did. Uh, we talked about Aldridge on the last podcast um, pretty extensively, so check that one out because it was a preview pod. But uh, as far as DeRozan, we can hit on it. Um, but let's do this. Let's hit on it at our watch party because, like I said, we've got 40 minutes and we just killed the whole thing. Uh, GQ's Craft House, 7 o'clock. Uh, I'll be there. Alf, you'll be there. I, I got a babysitter, so I'm good. Uh, Alex, you'll be there? No doubt. No doubt. All right. So three of us are going to be there. Some others from five reasons sports network, Alfredo from three yards per carry, Ryan Lasner. We've got a bunch of commitments from our guys had a great time last time. Heat beat the, the bucks. As I said, without Jimmy Butler, the last time we were there, uh, they've got great craft beer. 
Alf has put this whole damn thing together. It's a small place, so we hang out with you, and we may do a podcast afterwards. And I'll tell you what, Alex, we will do all the DeMar DeRozan talk you want as soon as, the, uh, as, soon as it's over with. I'm going um, to 30 the minutes of DeMar DeRozan talk. Let's go. 30, I'm, going 30, to, I'm, I'm going to the wharf after, so. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, w- I wish I could, but I don't have a babysitter past 12. But maybe, okay, now that you mentioned that, that might get extended. Check out Five Reasons Sports. <laughs> check out Five Reasons. That's down the street from my condo. FiveReasonsSports.com. FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell it out. And our Twitter account, of course, is at the number five. Reason sports. All right. We had like 12 other things to cover, but that's why we have other podcasts. Talk Big soon. Sunday show. Big Sunday, Big Sunday show. show. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.